Good day. Welcome back to my podcast. We have a wonderful topic for you today. We're going to talk about Russia, 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 the never ending threat of Russia. If you've been following the news lately, you'll see that it seems that we're about to go to war with Russia uh, over eastern Ukraine and what's going on there. We're going to talk about that and why this is important and why it's not important, why we ought to not be getting involved in this and why Joe Biden and and even some Republicans, this isn't just a Democratic issue. This is bipartisan here. These uh, people, these politicians bought by the military industrial complex that have been creating these endless wars for the last 50 years, and they're ready to do another one. But this is not like previous wars. This one is much different. Russia is not the Taliban. Russia is not Muammar Gaddafi or Saddam Hussein. Russia is the arguably the third most powerful country in the world with uh, nuclear weapons, over 100 million people, a professional, well-trained army. And that should scare us, that we're ready to go to war with them over Ukraine. Um, here's some, uh, some current figures here. Currently, we have at least, and this is what the State Department is saying, at least 300 troops stationed uh, in the Ukraine. There could be more that they're not telling us about, though there are more. Uh, there's some special forces, and we don't know the exact numbers of those, of course, but, uh, but there are at least 300 troops stationed. The State Department is currently telling people you've got 24 to 48 hours to get out, and that in that time frame, we can ensure your safety. Um, we're preparing for a Russian invasion of Ukraine as early as February 16th. I believe that's this coming Wednesday. Um, and it's interesting because the Ukrainians don't seem to be worried, but we are. I'm not sure what that's about. Either they know more than we're telling than they're telling us, or they're just hyping up this threat so they can start another war, because that's that's exactly what they did. But um, I have to say, this would not be a good thing for us. As I pointed out, Russia is powerful. Russia isn't a uh, third world country by any sort. They're not as powerful as us, and they're not this big threat that we perceive them to be. But they do have a military, and we would be dragged into a very long war with them. And the biggest deterrent at all to this is we, they have nuclear weapons. I mean, I, I saw, this was maybe three weeks ago, uh, a senator from Mississippi, a Republican, Roger Wicker, he talked about that perhaps we should consider the use of nuclear weapons to defend Ukraine against Russia. And who would have thought that, you know, Ukraine is worth starting a nuclear war over? They're our greatest long lost ally, but this is what they do. They have for the last seven years now been hyping up this Russia threat. It all started when Donald Trump ran for president, you know, the Russia hoax that he met with, you know, Kremlin officials in Trump tower and together they plotted to steal the election from Hillary Clinton. If you read her book, uh, what happened, you'll hear or you'll read in there that um, that it was Russians partially to blame the Russians and misogyny and uh, Macedonians actually on the Internet, Macedonian Internet trolls on Facebook. I believe that she really blamed all of that for her loss. But getting back to Russia, they've been hyping this up and they stole, you know, they helped steal this election and they're going to try and do it in 2020. And they're just, you know, and it's just not true. This Russia threat is not True. If you're Ukraine, you should be scared of Russia. If you're the United States, you have nothing to fear. 
And it's simply, it's simply not worth spilling a single American soul over defending Ukraine. Joining me today is my good friend, Eric Marchetta. He is, if I believe I'm correct, a registered libertarian in the state of Nevada. Although he's from New York, like I am. We're pleased to have you, Eric. Hi, nice to be here. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. What do you feel about this whole thing with Russia? I know that you, uh, you are a bit of a, a military buff. What do you think about it? Oh, it's all a distraction from everything that's going on in the country right now. They just need a scapegoat to gaslight people into completely forgetting about how the country's falling apart. The entire Western world, honestly, is falling apart. Not even just our country. If you see what's happening in Canada right now, they're literally sending in SWAT and riot teams to deal with these truckers that are uh, they're standing on, I believe it's called Ambassador Bridge. And Justin Trudeau. Yes, that's in uh, de- going into Detroit. It's, it's a quarter yes, of all quarter. a quarter of all um, trade between the United States and Canada goes across that bridge. It's a good point that you bring up is they're obviously using this and this fear mongering as a distraction from how bad things are here. Yeah, it's all a scapegoat for people to to be distracted by while things fall apart in the Western world. Mm-hmm. Or that's what I believe, at least, because there's no legitimate reason that we need to be getting into a war with Russia over Ukraine, uh, out of all people. If it was a NATO country, that of would be maybe, maybe a different story. But this is some backwater, you know, Balkan country that we have no business in being involved with, especially. Well, not well we know one person who has business in Ukraine. They have a lot of business yeah. in Ukraine. Yeah. Biden's. But we won't. Uh, we'll save that for another time. The, the corruption <laughs> of the Biden family, because yeah. it is pervasive and more so in any country, Ukraine. I but, think um, that's part of it also is that they don't want people finding out what they're actually up to in there. So they're kind of using Russia as a deterrent from people investigating what their family ties are to the to Ukraine. You know, I would normally I would say, you know, oh, that's a conspiracy theory and that doesn't make sense. But if we've learned anything over the last year and a half, there's no, the there's, there's no limit. There's really no limit to how low these people go, especially this family. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have, we could speak for hours and hours about Hunter Biden. Not to get too off topic right away, but they're literally suppressing early treatment for COVID, such as like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine when people were literally drowning in their own lung fluid and not allowed to see their parents or loved ones, they were dying alone because these people were intentionally suppressing early, early treatment to promote a vaccine that they bought for billions of dollars from their big pharma buddies. Completely incompetent. Let's, let's keep it to Russia here. Um, And I find the hypocrisy and this is, this is as far away from Russia as we're going to go. And I want to talk about why, because I've said that they're not a threat and I want to you know, back it up with some numbers here. Um, the, our southern border, you know, they talk about the integrity of Ukraine's eastern border and all of these efforts, you know, and he's deploying more troops to Eastern Europe. He just sent, a, a, I think, a few hundred or maybe even a few thousand troops to I believe Romania. 3,000, 3, I believe. Yes, 3,000 to Romania, which is a NATO country. And we ought to, to uphold our foreign entanglements. Uh, while we're still in them, I, I think, you know, Europe is in a position where they're very united and they can look out for themselves against Russia. We don't really need to get involved. But um, but Ukraine is not a NATO. And and I want to d- 
dive into this here and why this is not the big scary threat that it is. I, the first thing I want to look at is population. Okay, Russia was scary and what did pose a significant threat to us 30 years ago with the Soviet Union. But the Soviet Union has fallen. It fell, like I said, 30 years ago. And Russia never really rose out of the ashes. In 1990, uh, and this is according to the World Bank here, 1990, Russia's population was about 147 million. Today, it's 144 million. They've actually lost 3 million people. They're stagnant. Uh, to compare, the United States was at 249 million. Now we're at 329. And uh, we'll throw in China here, who really is the big enemy here. 1.1 billion. Now they're at 1.4 billion. Basically, China's added the entire U.S. population in this 30-year time. Another uh, metric, GDP. The Russian Federation in 1990 had a GDP of about $516 billion. Today, it's about $1.4 trillion. So they were just short of tripling. Uh, and that's adding about $900 billion to their GDP. The United States in that time went from about $6 trillion to about 20. So they more than tripled, uh, adding about uh, $14 trillion, just short of 21, actually. So just adding about $15 trillion to their, uh, their GDP. A very similar growth rate. We have outpaced them, but they're not far behind. You know who blows both of us out of the water, though? China. 30 years ago, China had a GDP of $360 billion. Today, or as of 2020, China had a GDP of $15 trillion. That is about a 15 times increase, where we were only at about three times increased. They've increased 15-fold, adding, adding $11 trillion. In the same time, we added about $16 trillion. They're catching up to us. We're still ahead of them, but they're catching up to us. And all of this effort and all of this, you know, this spending uh, is going to Russia and defeating Russia when they don't pose a serious threat to us. They really don't. But, you know, these these neocons on both sides, they they have to have a war. They, they crave it. They've been pushing for war. You know why they hate Donald Trump so much is because of war. He didn't start a new war. He was the first president since Jimmy Carter not to bring America into a war. And you're, this is going to be very rare, but I don't often give Jimmy Carter credit. I don't. I think he was in the bottom two, bottom three worst presidents we've ever had. But he did not start a war, and neither did Donald Trump. And so they hate him for that. They hate him for that. They pushed him to start with Iran. They pushed him to start war with um, Venezuela. They pushed him to start war with North Korea. And each time, I have decided a question. it wasn't worth question. it. Yeah. Yes. Quick of question. Do you think that's um, a result of the military industrial complex or do you Absolutely. think that, no I, I, our, gov I, I, our government is completely bought by that there is there's more of the question do you think it's just that group of people or do you think there's a group of people inside the actual government that just for whatever reason they also have they have their own motivations to go to war with people outside of that uh, military industrial complex well, they're clearly warmongers, but I think more than anything, they're bought. They're bought by this military industrial complex that we've had since the 1950s. And I'm saying, do you, think there's, do you think there's personal reasons, like personal motivations and ambitions outside of being bought? Um, that they some of them, sure. I mean, I think some of these people really do blame Russia 
that we don't have President Hillary Clinton right now. And this is, you know, they have a vendetta against Russia. I really do think that that, that is certainly possible. Because, you know, like, like I just explained, Russia is, a, is really a stagnant country. You know, we are growing faster than them. We're, we have more people than them. And, you know, we're ready to, to spill American blood defending Ukraine, who isn't in NATO. We have no obligation to defend the Ukraine. We have none. It's very interesting that Euro the European nations don't want to either. And, you know, Bernie Sanders, again, you're not going to hear me compliment him very much, but this is something that really he was right about. He talked about that it is hypocritical of the United States to expect Russia to, to back down here, this idea of, you know, spheres of influence. I mean, ima imagine, imagine Mexico starts becoming more and more chummy and friendly with China. They start trading more. They start, you know, state visits more often. They start normalizing relations more and more and more. And then all of a sudden, China starts putting missiles in Mexico and starts bring and wants to put uh, land troops, you know, ground troops in Mexico. And they strengthen their economic ties with China and they're walking away from us. That would freak us out. Can I stop you for one second? Of course. Did you know that um, I believe it's the world's largest supply of mineable lithium, you know, lithium yes. batteries, yes, which it's is essential in, for batteries. Yes, it's in a I believe it's in Juarez, Mexico. It's in a very um, disputed area of Mexico that the cartels are currently fighting over. And I actually watched this on the Joe Rogan podcast. It was this dude named Ed Calderon. He's like a uh, he's a Mex he's an ex-Mexican federal police officer. And mm -hmm. he's very uh, specialized, like with in information about the cartels and all the you know corruption down there and everything. He said that there's actually labs and um, mines opening up in those areas of Mexico that are run and sanctioned by the Chinese government. So yeah. they have Chinese laboratories uh, synthesizing fentanyl. And then they also have these Chinese run state mines coming over and mining all the lithium that um, are being used for like electronic yes. vehicles. This is know, called, and, and this is, China, China doesn't just want to become number one. They want to take over the world. It's called the Belt and Road Initiative. Have you heard of it? Of course. Yeah, have you heard yeah. of their uh, 2049 plan? Yeah. So let's, so the, the Belt and Road Initiative, and we're going to, you know, I just want to explain this and then we'll come back to what's going on in Ukraine. But it's the Chinese way of, they go to smaller countries, Singapore, uh, not Singapore, Vietnam, uh, a lot of countries in Africa, 60% of this is in Africa. And um, the next biggest place is Latin America, Nicaragua. Well, what happened to the Monroe Doctrine here? China's directly interfering in affairs in this hemisphere. And nobody's talking about it. Where are politicians with this one? But the idea is China says, we want you to be better. You know, they put on a happy face and say, we want your country to flow better. And what you need is infrastructure. So we're going to, you know, pay you, you know, we're, we're going to give you equipment and materials and money to, to build all of this. And the way that, you know, they do it is they could do a loan or occur debt. And that's the Chinese opt, always opt to do this way. They say, we're going to, you're going to owe us. And if you can't pay your debts, then we're going to seize the assets. And they do it to these poor countries that absolutely will never be able to pay off these debts. I don't know what percent of the time China does seize the asset, but it's a very high percent of the time. They seize the asset and now they control 
a key, key infrastructure in these small countries around the world. It's and they don't, pro- it's, and, and, it's, and they exploit these countries because who do you think builds these projects? Not the local workers, it's the Chinese proxy. import workers. It's a proxy way of taking over a country's infrastructure yes. without actually doing an act of war against them. Absolutely. And here we are, you know, obsessing over Russia and this Russia hoax. And why, why should we uh, be, be worried about Ukraine? Getting back to what I was saying, um, we would be freaked out if China was putting military equipment in Mexico. They're putting economic, you know, they're, they're leveraging them financially and we're not doing anything. Take it to the next step. You know, we want to build more bases in Ukraine. Russia has a, a right to freak out here. You know, they're they're on the defensive. If you really look at it, we're the aggressors in this in this conflict here that might be coming, and we ought not to be, and we ought not to get involved, it's, and we ought not um, to waste a single American soul. It's somewhat similar to in the Cold War when the Cuban Missile Crisis. Happened. It's exactly that's a real world example. It that's was a, a real world of example. Us putting missiles in Turkey that mi- caused them yeah. to do that. We had missiles in Italy. We had missiles in Turkey. Nuclear missiles that could hit St. Petersburg. That could hit Moscow. Yeah. Uh, that could hit all the you know major population, military, industrial. And that's what centers of Russia. Missiles. So in- yeah, Cuba. Starts out, you know, Cuba becomes communist under Castro, Justin Trudeau's father, and they um, start bringing nuclear missiles. We find them and we freak out and we're ready to invade Cuba over it. How is it any uh, different than this? Quick quick little sidestep for you, if you want. Sure. Do you know what Operation Northwoods is? Enlighten us. So during the Cuban Missile Crisis, it was a proposed false flag operation by the U.S. government. I believe it was like the U.S. intelligence agencies. The CIA. Basically, yeah. It was basically a plan for the CIA, let's just say, to shoot down an American plane with American, I guess, citizens or military personnel on it. And they would basically use that false flag as a pretense to invade Cuba and go to war with the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it was essentially a false flag operation they wanted yeah. to use to invade Cuba and start the Third World War. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, and that's we, straight from the, that's straight from the United States government. They yeah, no, that that's they, that's not conspiracy. That is they straight up that admitted is fact. They there are, that. you you can nobody nobody ever went to jail for it. Nobody ever was held accountable for basically no. wanting to sacrifice American citizens. No. Name of no, getting and and, and you can look this up yourself. You can look this up. Uh, Operation Northwoods is, is uh, unclassified. The documents from it. This is real. Yeah. It's from 1962. It's incredible that we look actually we, planned that. We look at President Kennedy as this, you know, this amazing guy, and he wasn't one of our worst presidents. He was probably in the top half, but because he got assassinated, and as terrible as that was, history looks more favorably on him than it would have. Oh, he was a sure. very hot-headed man. He was a very hot-headed man. He was not this calm and cool, collected guy during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Every every moment of that, he was he was a finger away from pushing the button. I think that's purposely how he wanted to appear to people because people were freaking out that the world was about to be blown up, basically. Yeah. So it'd be it'd be a lot more uncomfortable for people to see him as you know this crazy this crazy guy is about it. Although fortunately, President Kennedy, in regards to Operation Northwoods, he did think this was a little. Yeah, Beyond, you know, off the bat, here, this is not something. Can you imagine if that's the reason our country went into a nuclear war with Russia? Imagine if the reason we go. To, imagine if. Imagine if the reason we go to war, nuclear war with Russia, is because of Eastern Ukraine. That uh, 
it'd be one thing if they attacked us and we there had a legitimate is, yeah. reason, but the reasons we're fighting for right now, no, there are, is no yeah. legitimate reason. Yeah, There's no legitimate yeah. reason to go to war with the Ukraine, uh, with Russia over the Ukraine. We have no obligation. The best excuse that you can come up with, and this is actually Bill Clinton's fault. Picture this. It's, it's the early 1990s and the Soviet Union dissolves overnight. Oh, you know, all the Soviet assets become the assets of whatever country they're in. So, you know, the nuclear weapons is, is where I'm getting at with here. A quarter of all of the Soviet nuclear missiles were in Ukraine. Overnight, Ukraine becomes the third largest nuclear power. Now, Ukraine hates Russia because of the torment that they endured for almost a century under them. You know, when Nazi Germany actually entered Ukraine in many villages, they were greeted and cheered. They saw them as liberators of how badly the, the Russians treated them. And that didn't change too much. And so, um, you know, they, 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 as soon as they were independent, they wanted more normal relations with the West. And Bill Clinton, who was president at the time, you know, they discussed how, how we're going to handle this here. And Bill Clinton basically said, if you want to be, have more normal relations with the West, you have to dismantle your nuclear weapons. And the Ukrainians were like, absolutely not. That is out of the question. That's our only thing we have to protect us against the Russians. And Bill Clinton said, we'll protect you. Do we owe it to them? No, we don't. The promise of a former president should not dictate our policy. Bill Clinton has not been president for 20, 21 years. And what he promised Ukraine 30 years ago, we don't have to honor that. There was no official document. That was a promise. We have European allies. They should be the ones to deal with this and protect Ukraine's integrity. And we shouldn't have troops there. We, it's wrong. And, and Ukraine should not be admitted to NATO. They're a pretty corrupt country. I mean, they're, they're not they're not the safe haven of democracy that we consider them to be. They're really not. But tell this, you know, you say this in Washington or you say this on uh, on the TV. You know who said this more than anybody is Tucker Carlson. And, if, and it's hysterical because on CNN and uh, MSNBC, they say it's possible that, you know, maybe is Tucker Carlson bought by the Russians? Is he a Russian asset? It's amazing. For it's saying, amazing. Is he a Russian asset for saying that we shouldn't go to war with Russia? It's, 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 oh, and it's beyond the media. It's beyond the media. Jim Cooper, he's uh, a congressman from Tennessee. He represents um, Nashville, Tennessee's fifth district. He's retiring this year, but he got caught uh, saying, um, Perhaps we should use, you know, our intelligence services to look into Tucker Carlson and his show. And it wouldn't be the first time that the Biden administration has gone after uh, right wing hosts and podcasters. It's, it's amazing that they'll cry Russia about this, like about any sort of person. But then there's literally Democrat and Republican senators and, you know, Congress people being caught either sleeping with Chinese spies Eric Swalwell, that's real. That's having them on their payroll and as interns. It's amazing that that goes and gets swept under the rug. But, you know, you have an opposing viewpoint or you or you try to expose a plot that is pretty nefarious or whatever, and you'll get called a Russian Mm -hmm. agent. I remember I remember either at the end of 2019 or the beginning of 2020. I don't remember which one it was. But it was during one of the Democratic debates. And the final question was like a one word answer. What is the greatest geopolitical threat 
to the United States. And there was 10 people on the stage and they went down the list and some of them said Russia and some of them said China. Jay Inslee actually said Donald Trump, I'm pretty sure. And that, you know, that's, that's the stupidest answer of all. Whether or not you like him, do you really think he poses a bigger threat to America than China or Russia? I would argue Biden does by far more than Trump ever did. I would argue Biden. Oh, certainly, than certainly. But compared to, but compared to China, who's a bigger threat to America, China oh, or yeah. Joe Biden? Obviously China. But uh, and, and I remember watching because I said, one of these people is going to be the nominee here. Actually, I'm not so sure about that one. If I'm and <laughs> and really if it's anybody, if it's if, if the nominee is any of these people that say Russia over China, then then they have just they're not smart enough to for this job. They don't know, think- have enough foreign policy experience. And that was that was the huge crutch of the Democrats in 2020. All of their candidates were primarily focused on domestic issues. I think I'd honestly argue Biden is a more more of a security threat to our country than China is currently. I think I'd honestly, I honestly. Well, I have to that. disagree with you because Joe Biden is not a very strong man. Yeah, not only is yeah. China not only is China evil, they are they are an evil nation. But more than that, they are um, they're 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 strong, they're smart, they're quick. They're cunning. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm and just we are not, and, and we're not paying attention to it. And I it's, think and it's Biden's scary. more of a threat because he has actual legitimate control over people. Like he has the say over what laws go in this country. So mm-hmm. like he's pushing his. Well, he was. I don't know if it's what's going on with that now, but like the vaccine mandate, or he's allowing us to get. Well, the know, vaccine medical. mandate got shot down by the Supreme Court. Yeah. But that didn't he didn't even stop at that. He still said the companies enforce it anyway, even though it's unconstitutional. Well, luckily, that won't happen. Luckily, but it won't happen. That he's getting us involved in these foreign conflicts over nothing. He pulled us out of Afghanistan, got 13 Americans murdered by by terrorists. He made yeah. us look like complete idiots. You know, and as you remember, he went he, he got at the White House. He said, we will hunt you down. What's what's happened with that? What's what's the update there? Oh, he hunted down uh, civilians and aid workers with his drones. He bombed a bunch of them. So yeah. I mean, I, it wasn't yeah. mine. He did hunt no, people. He's, just yeah. you know, just innocent people, not not the terrorists. He's that, more so. focused on prosecuting uh, Americans involved in January six, which we'll talk about one day as well. Then he that, is. Yeah. Uh, than he is in, in dealing with the growing threat of China. He had the FBI go go against parents and label them as domestic terrorists because they're opposed to teaching racism in, in class to kids. Yeah. Like, that's just amazing. But uh, He's completely compromised by China. His family is bought and paid for by China. To that wrap I, this up, to wrap this up. Um, oh, we're just getting to the good stuff. <laughs> There is no, there is no reason, there is no legitimate excuse for us to be going to war with Russia over Ukraine. We ought to pull out all of our troops that are there. I mean, what happened? This could, this can go hot so quickly, so easily. Suppose the Russians do invade. Let's say they invade on that target date of, uh, of, of Wednesday, the 16th, which is interesting because, you know, nobody else. Even the Ukrainians say we don't think there's an imminent threat. That's the Ukrainian government. I know. I'm I'm not, I'm not privy to you know all those classified documents, so maybe they know more than they're telling us. I, yeah, I saw something on Twitter a couple. But then again, I mean, then again, they've done this before, 2003. I Saddam Hussein. The, um, he has nuclear was... weapons. We have to go in. He's got nuclear weapons. They lied. 
The military lied to Congress. They lied to us. The intelligence services lied to I Congress. Congress authorized the war and there were none. And we spent $2 trillion on an oil war. And that's what it was all about was they wanted to make money. The military industrial complex. It's the same people that I are saw willing to start a war with Russia. That Biden, when he was on a, he was on a phone call with the Ukrainian president, I believe, and apparently Biden was getting so worked up that the president of Ukraine literally had to tell him to calm down and that nothing was going to happen. And that he said that um, the situation and I, I don't even remember the name of the city he mentioned. It was like Kidsville or something like that. I'm not sure. On Kiev, the, name of the, the capital. No, not Kiev. I know Kiev. It was it was a different city. Anyway, he said the situation in this city is more is you're safer here than you are in like Detroit. I think he he said some American city is more dangerous than, than a city here with the Russians on the border. About it, <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious when I read that. Yeah, I mean, what's going on in these in, um, in, in our cities? This, this I have my, uh, I have a wrap up question for you. Do you think the do you think people would be more willing to get involved in Ukraine if the border, uh, if our southern border was secure and not wide open? Because from what I've been looking at, that's a lot. That's a part of what people have a problem with is yes. that our border is very wide upset. open and there's nothing being done about it and no attention being paid to it. But then we'll go you know, halfway across the world to another continent and then get ready to kill people over nothing, basically. But we won't do it here. People are very upset. You, uh, there is a hypocrisy there. There'd be more of a willing to get involved. I, I think there would. I think there would be. That doesn't mean it's you know. Even if we did have our southern border <laughs> under control, there that wouldn't be uh, a reason to. Uh, yeah. No, so I here's agree. here's yeah. here's to sum this up in a few sentences. The Russians are pushing Ukraine. They have legitimate reasons to. We have no obligation to defend the Ukraine. We have no real reasons to spill our own troops and start a hot, possibly nuclear war with Russia over this. Yet it's all about money. Our politicians are bought by the military industrial complex. We haven't started a war since Obama, and they're really itching for it. Eric, I thank you for joining today. Thank you for having me. It was of course. great. I'd we'll love have you to back, back soon. Love and, it. And to those of you, thank you for listening. I hope you learned something new. And uh Take care, have a good week, and you'll hear from us soon. Thank you.